Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Today, we had uh, MBA trainer, even if he, does, he won't say it, skills trainer, basketball coach, uh, philosopher, uh, whatever you want to call him, Harp, also known as three seed training uh, to most. Harp is someone who's doing basketball skills the right way, someone that is deeply entrenched in growing young people, deeply entrenched in growing culture around the sport of basketball, as well as just athleticism. He's a role model to those in Surrey and uh, it was a pleasure to have him on. Here's the conversation. The Think Space podcast is a home for the passionately curious. We aim to dig deep and learn as much as possible by connecting the right questions with the right people. So we bring in some of the best minds in the Pacific Northwest, regardless of their industry, to extract the most value from their stories and experiences. Yes, you're going to get something from this episode, which is good. Or you could get something from every episode we release by subscribing on whichever platform you're listening on. You can find the full show notes at thinkspacepodcast.com or have the visual experience of this podcast over on YouTube. If you want to get looped into some exclusive content or private giveaways, join our mailing list. The link's in the description. See, thank you for joining me this morning here in snowy, snowy Vancouver. What's mm. happening, my friend? Yes, sir. Good, 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 good. So let's, um, let's dive right into it, man. So uh, people will have heard the intro and I want to, you approach basketball in a different way. You ap- approach players and athletes and humans in a different way than most uh Mm -hmm. trainers do you do you call yourself an nba trainer you are but Uh, i don't see you using those titles this is our sidebar uh no 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 uh but but if i look if i look around and i see all the players you're working with mm -hmm. the players in the league yeah 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 Um, (laughs) i think more most more so right now i'll be um i've worked a lot of pros and stuff right but um I don't have a full-time guy in the NBA yet, but um, I, I've assisted with a lot of guys. Right. So I've been around a lot of NBA guys, so which is a good thing. Right. I mean, most guys in the industry, as soon as they work with one, all of a sudden they're NBA trainer. Yeah, yeah. Or they put pro trainer or something. Yeah. As yeah. you know. Um, yeah. Anyway, so you, uh, we were just chatting before the pod. You, you said you kind of took a year off, and you, you know, you're spending a lot of time studying, and you're spending a lot of time working with these individual teams mm-hmm. um, on multiple levels. What is your life about right now, dude? Let's let's check in because oh, people mm-hmm. only see social, and people are really engaging you on social. But what you're what you're um, putting out there in terms of social is mostly workouts mm-hmm. and basketball IQ stuff. So what's what's really going on with you right now? Yeah, man. Just just uh, last year, I just took time for myself, kind of you know, like meditating and and coaching and watching a lot of film. I think this year my biggest thing was really watching film and uh trying to be the best trainer i can be mm. especially during the off season when all of my guys come back kind of from like division one or whatever it is or when i travel mm. i think it's the biggest thing for me is watching film that's what the, that's what the best trainers in the in the game kind of do and why, watch, is that, why is that why is that so pivotal for you like you really emphasize that i think when you watch film you start to see you start to see new things that concepts or things that you didn't see before mm. I think um, before I used to watch film, but now it's like a couple hours a day. Wow. And then I, I always have a notebook. Yeah. And then I always write down, because every day you see something new, it's weird. Right. I'll see some new kind of footwork or right. like pickups, whatever it is, basketball related. Yeah, the game is beautiful. It's constantly evolving Hell yeah. too. So Hell multidimensional. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. It's crazy, yeah. Yeah, the enormity, the the enormative enormity of knowledge that it takes to be proficient at, mm-hmm. at whether it's skill wise or I mean, I always look. I look at coaches in two baskets. I, I look at the X's and O's coaches, mm-hmm. uh, the strategic coaches, um, you know, the Phil Jacksons of the world, and then I look at the the trainers, you know, the the Michael Lancasters, the um, 
you know, on possible training, the the Drew, uh, Drew mm-hmm. Allens, the of the you know the really nitty nitty gritty. You know, mm-hmm. they can tell you seventeen types of pivots real quick. Uh, you know, that's crazy. That type of that type of thing. So, but let me bring it back to your name real quick. So, three seed training for mm-hmm. those that don't know, what is that all about? What does that embody, and 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 how you approach players and how you work with players? Hell yeah, man! So like for me, it's about. I think it's always been bigger than basketball kind of thing. I think um, I, I work on so three seed three seeds stand for uh, basketball wellness and leadership. Mm. So basically, I feel like you got to be a good you got to be good overall. You can't just be good at one thing, man. I think I think leadership matters. The best players are are best leaders, mm. you know. And then wellness, well, mental wellness, how good mindfulness, you know, like. Phil Jackson obviously preached that a lot with all Huge. his teams. Yeah, when I read his books, like all his teams did mindfulness, meditation. So <clears throat> I try to add all three of those into my like into my workouts, or especially I always tell my guys, you know, meditate and be mindful on the court. You know. Yeah. How, how do they take that? You know, what's that dialogue like? Yeah, because I've had the same dialogue. I'm mm-hmm. interested what it's like for you. It's funny. It's uh, with the older guys, it's kind of harder. Right. Really. But, yeah, yeah. Because um. I don't know, because you've been socially constructed for so long, right? So to try something new, it's like, holy shit, like, I don't know if I want to do that. But when you're doing it with younger kids, it's like, they listen to whatever you say. You're like a god. Yeah. So you're like, you can say whatever. Mm-hmm. That's why we have so much power over the younger kids, too. Mm. Because if we say something to them, they're going to listen. Yep. And when you're older, like, you got to really say, like, 10 times. <laughs> or it has to work. Or you got to be like, oh, Kobe did it. Or like one, one other You got to see results. Yeah, you got to exactly. check in with it. Hey, you get yeah. your meditation in today. What was your morning routine? Exactly. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of the players even now, if you if you search, like a lot, wellness is huge. Like meditation. I know RJ Barrett does it in, and a couple other NBA guys right now, like a lot. This episode is brought to you by Self Hired. Self Hired, if you don't know, is a content studio that specializes in video production as well as photography and, yes, podcast production. So if you are an individual or you are a head of a company or a marketing manager or a content manager at a company that's thinking about one of the most powerful mediums in 2020 and want to start a podcast, uh, give the fellas over at Self Hired um, a call that you can reach them at selfhired.com um, or info at selfhired.com if you want to blast them an email. Thank you guys so much. And here's to the episode. Uh, yeah, man. Listen, from a couple of standpoints, so like just to comment on, on, on Phil, like 11 rings, mm-hmm. one of the biggest things, like one of my biggest mantras in life mm-hmm. is, is chop wood, carry water, mm. right? Like it does not matter. Mm-hmm. Chop wood, carry water, whether you're high, whether you're low, like chop wood and carry yeah. water, which essentially just means continue to work and trust. Exactly. I like guess it's, it's a combination of work ethic and faith. Right. And I thought that was a beautiful saying that the Phil echoed to his teams early on. Mm. Um, and again, you know, <clears throat> You know, with Phil coming through in in the early two thousands with um, mm-hmm. with the Lakers and and Im- implementing that, you know, imagine talking to those young group of Thundercats and just getting them to to settle down and and meditate and visualize for five, ten, fifteen minutes, whatever it may exactly, be. Exactly, yeah. Like that's, I mean, listen, I mean, kids kids is one thing, college players is another thing, but then you're talking to a bunch of grown men that make millions exactly. and you're introducing something new. Yeah. Ooh. Exactly. That's crazy. Yeah. It's a tough it's a tough sell, but I mean, once you what it, it's one of those things where why I struggle with it and mm-hmm. what, you know even on this pod or in conversations and vocalizing is that 
it's one of those things that's hard to explain, but it's 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 very much felt. As mm. soon as it's felt, it's like an energy. It, it, it's, it's different. It. Yeah, it's in. It's in. Like I mean, for me, like I've I've struggled. I'm listen. I'm deep. I'm maybe three four years into like daily practice, mm-hmm. and for the first maybe fifty sessions, sixty sessions, seventy sessions, I hated it. Mm-hmm. I hated it. Mm-hmm. But again, chop wood, carry water, and it was just like. And you also learn as a basketball player to, to go towards things that you're resistant to, mm-hmm. right? And and kind of trust in that, reading Phil's book and all this type of stuff. So w- why is uh, meditation and mindfulness so important for you as a trainer? Because that's unusual mm-hmm. for a person in your position. I think I think it's just my journey, you know, like like how I got to where I am as a trainer too. Like my playing time was, it was, it was, it was cut short a little bit mm. just because injuries and stuff like that. So I think... Um, yeah, everybody's journey is different. I think with mine, I think that's where it led me. You know, because when I was younger, you get, you get so um. You said you get so caught up in the dream of playing D one. Yeah. And then uh, that's your identity. Right. So that was my identity growing up, and then boom, when I got injured, I was like, man, you feel empty. Yeah. So how do you fill voids? I never drank or I never smoked or anything. I still haven't. So what? How do I? How do I find that peace? Mm. I gotta find something. Right. Reading. You know, then I got into meditation, then boom, that's how I got into it. And I was like, man, this is, players need this. Because at one point, everybody's going to stop playing. Yeah. Kobe stopped playing. LeBron's going to retire. What's next? Right. You know, the craziest thing Kobe ever said was, he said like, when they asked him like, how do you feel about retiring? He's like, I'm at peace. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's crazy. Yeah. Like That means he was there. Like he he, he knows, he understand. He understood. Yeah. That's a crazy thing. Like, because he, he, he was in that mindful state. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the, the balance of, of non thriving and the balance, like balancing like an ambition narrative that we were just constantly told mm-hmm. and, and taught, and that's our society. And then the state of like non thriving and the state of, of just living in the mm-hmm. now is like, I mean, I still, I still try to figure out that it's balance. It's tough. Yeah. It's you know, tough. Like yeah. It's, hell yeah. In some, in some ways, you're like, I need to go. I need to go. I need to go. Mm-hmm. I need to go. I need to go. When you don't, because the future is a place that doesn't exist, and neither is the past. Mm-hmm. And what you actually need to do is is be right here. But at the same time, you're ambitious, and you have that fire inside mm-hmm. of you, and and so that's super tough. Why, from a basketball perspective, when you're talking to these players, and you're like, how how is meditation and mindfulness actually going to make me better? Mm-hmm. I, I I think the key thing I tell these guys is first, your breathing it helps your breathing. So mm-hmm. when you're breathing. When you're when you're breathing in and out, it's calming your system. It's bringing your heart rate down. Mm. So at the free throw line, it's huge. Huge. So when you you, you see, actually, I, I was studying like Kobe did this a lot. He used to go always to bring his body down mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to a relaxed state. And also another thing is that if you miss shots, you come back to the moment. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Yeah, there's no there's no future. You're yeah. just in the moment. You miss, you move on to the next moment. Mm. It gives an emotional intelligence. Yeah, you know what I mean. When you get angry, and when you're mindful of your anger, you can come back and be like, "Damn, next shot, I got this." Like, yeah, you can control your anger on the court. And these things you don't notice, like you said, it's something you feel. You start feeling better. Yeah, but at the same time, there is balance between it because if you become a yogi, (laughs) you're like, "Man, I don't want to play no more." (laughs) You know what I mean? So there is a balance between it. You got to be able to balance being mindful and and still living in the world and playing and being competitive. You don't want to lose your competitive edge. Of course. Because a lot of people that meditate a lot, they start losing that competitive edge. Right. Because they become so no ego. Yeah. 
the ego you know you need the ego yeah. in sports yeah a lot of a lot of guys that meditate countless hours there's no ego countless like and so they don't they, they don't they would never be able to play sports competitively yeah it's crazy yeah it, it's, it's interesting balance you gotta have there with with not being too prideful mm-hmm. and not being too arrogant and too cocky and too confident and too in yourself mm-hmm. and too individualistic but at the same time your ego is there to keep you alive mm. and it's there to make you competitive and it's there to make you work in those environments. Mm-hmm. So that's extremely powerful. It's just like taking taking parts of it and leaving other parts of it. But the only the only way you can take parts of it and leave other parts of it is if you're mindful of the, in, the ego in its entirety. Exactly. That's that that's a key thing. I think even in life, we're all we all have egos, but it, when you become aware of the ego, yeah. You know what I mean? Even this like if you say I, like you, you be, you're aware of it. Yeah. That's the biggest thing, man. Because you're always gonna have ego. That's just how we. That's the society that's, we live in. You know that's I mean? that's the human that we are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's it. Comes back to what you said. Like I never label anything. I don't like labeling anything. Right. Because like you put a label on something, and it's like it's my ego talking. I'd rather just be a a trainer. And like yeah, I don't yeah, I don't yeah, care what yeah, it is. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. that's the ego talking. Like it's that kind of stuff you can control. You know, yeah. that's not competitive. That's just being. Yeah. I, yeah, need, need to prove, right? I mean, exactly. That, that just comes yeah. from like, uh, uh, I need to be worthy. I need to, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, versus just like showing up and being confident in what you are. Mm-hmm. You know, and silent, silent confidence is, is beautiful mm. in, in the sense. And that's felt, right? Like you ever walk into a room and, and certain people just have certain presence mm-hmm. about them, you know, certain, you know, whether it's basketball icons or business icons, they'll step into a room and it's just like every single person knows that person's in the room and they haven't said anything and they mm-hmm. haven't done anything. Yeah. That is the ultimate power, mm-hmm. you know? And then, and they might not even do anything with that power. Right. And that's, that's the craziest thing. A lot of like, you know, I, I think uh, the name that comes to mind is Ken Shields out of in Victoria. Like when Ken Shields yeah, walk yeah. in a room, the entire room just knows. Exactly. He walks on the court, the entire court knows, you know, and that's that that is one of the most beautiful things mm-hmm. ever. It's just like the equilibrium equilibrium of respect mm-hmm. that that garners. Oh man. I love it. I love it. I love hell it. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Um anyway, so let's let's go back a little bit. You said again, playing time got cut short, playing career got cut short due to injury. Um you kind of lost your identity in that, started to go toward meditation, towards book, towards learning, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, started to really go out into that direction. Um, what's the timeline here? Paint this for me now. I'm trying to reverse mm-hmm. engineer, you know, your 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 career here. So so yeah, where yeah. were you at at that point and where'd you go from there? Yeah, yeah. So like when I got injured, it was probably like twenty fourteen. Mm-hmm. It was like on and off injuries, right? And then um I remember I was at junior college in California. Yeah. That's when my, I was like, it was like the first, second week there. Yeah. And um, I think I went knee to knee with someone. Yeah. And then we were doing the mile because mm. that's what you got to do. Like it, it was training camp. And then, um, man, I, the whole week I did the mile. Yeah. I'm like, a, my my knee was messed up. But yeah. there you're trying to prove something. So, um, man, like by the end of the week, my, my knee was busted. Like it was swollen. So I went for x-rays. Yeah. And it was like a torn meniscus. So I ended up coming home. And that was a shift of everything. Yeah. When I came home, man, I was I was in my room for like two months. Yeah. I didn't, you, that's your identity, right? And then um, as the years progressed, as the more I read, I got into reading. I never read a book before that. <laughs> Which I is crazy. Swear. You yeah. you saying that is crazy, yeah. So I've never read a book before that time when I was playing. Mm. And then as time progressed, man, the more I started reading, more I started meditating, I think my life started to change. Mm. Then I realized my purpose because I think 
when you're younger, you don't do things for the right reasons. You do it yeah, for egotistical reasons. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. You do it for uh, popularity or or to prove someone to something instead of actually doing it from the heart and caring for someone or caring for people. So I think that was my purpose. I always look back and be like, man, those whatever I, I didn't play as much in college as I wanted to or play pro, mm-hmm. but um, that that led me to where I am. You know what I mean? And that's the biggest thing, man. I think I would never, I don't regret anything actually, because it's so weird, man. It's energy. I felt, I felt like I was guided to do this. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And I notice it more with, um, I always tell the younger kids, man, you can learn the fundamentals from anybody, but you can't learn. Not a lot of people are teaching mindfulness. I do meditation with all my young ones. Mm after every session wow so and it's like man i tell them i'm like you can learn basketball from anybody in the province everybody's teaching it yeah. everybody knows how to jab yeah, yeah. hopefully <laughs> and shoot you know what i mean right you can learn that from anybody dribble anybody can teach you that but no one's teaching you how to be a leader no one's teaching you how to set goals uh meditate that stuff they're not teaching you that that's what right. they need though yeah you know, my, my my next goal now is to get into like financial literacy. What we were talking about before we started this, mm. teach these kids, the older kids, grade eleven, twelve, how to how to do taxes. Mm. That's the next step, man. That because that they need that. They need that more than anything else. How many kids end up playing high school bas? I mean, uh, college basketball. Yeah, it's by zero point something. Like yeah. it's hard to make it. So teaching them that stuff's way more important. I think. Big time. And now going back to what you said, yeah, I think my journey just progressed after I stopped playing and more I started realizing life, and I had mentors. That was my biggest thing, man. I started to realize it's bigger than basketball. It always will be. Even though I put a lot of hours in, like just working on my craft and, and being the best trainer, surrounding myself with the best trainers, um, I think that part's the biggest thing for me, man. Mm. That's the biggest impact. You can leave the biggest impact on people. Mm. So so that comes, you start to change the way you train. You start mm-hmm. working on local players. You know, at what point were you like, all right, this 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 is what I want to do. I'm not gonna go back to college. I'm not gonna do this. Like, what was that time? And then where did you go from there? I think my it was weird, man. The way I got into like training was my one of my junior college teammates. He he was in the city and he's like, man, you want to work me out? I haven't done a workout like ever. Yeah, because we used to work out in, in a in college together we were roommates so we'd always work out together he's like oh you just want to put me to a work i'm in the city i'm just visiting my family all right let's do it Mm. so we got in the gym and uh after that he's like man like you should be a trainer Mm -hmm. skillshare i'm like damn like i didn't didn't even think that was a profession right then i'm like actually i look into that then after that i started looking into it and then i became obsessed with it you know like because basketball's always been an obsession of mine of course and for a bit i lost it because i wasn't playing but it shows you man if you really love the game like there are different ways to there are to benefit from it. Right. Either make money or whatever it is. You can still do it. There's people that do stats in the NBA. There's people that do uh, film in the NBA. Mm. Photography now is big in the NBA. Like all these things, living out your passion through the game still is so important. Uh, listen, the biggest the business is huge. Huge. The business is huge. There's lots of money to go around. Yeah. There's lots of professions. Yeah. There's lots of things needed. The ecosystem, the culture of it all. There's mm-hmm. so so much, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and honing your skills, but at the same time. It comes with an ego check, mm-hmm. right? It comes with an ego check, you know, and 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 really redefining your your purpose and mm. that really redefining your impact because your 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 impact on the court is nothing compared to what it's going to be off the court, mm-hmm. regard like regardless of your career trajectory, right? Mm-hmm. Like regardless. So taking that seat is 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 beautiful, 
So at what point, so now you're at this spot that a lot of trainers are trying to get to mm-hmm. where you're, you're working with the best of the best. You're working out with kids locally as mm-hmm. well, still spending time with youth, which, you know, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and while also having like the highest level exposure, whether that's mm-hmm. D1, MBA, overseas, overseas pro. Um, how, how did you get to that spot from your, your, your teammate just being like, hey, listen, put me through a workout? Mm-hmm. I think for me, man, it was, especially in the beginning, I, I did a lot of stuff for free. Right. You know, I give, I sacrifice my uh, my time a lot, man. And uh, not even that, but that's what you have to do. Mm. You have to shadow the best. There's always someone better than you. You know what I mean? I still don't think I know much about the game compared to guys like Phil Handy or like Alex Bazell, oh, like gee. those guys. You know oh what I mean? Gosh, those guys yeah. are like, but those are the guys I learn from. Right. I, I, those guys have been where I want to get. Right. And that's the most important thing, man. I think you can never you have to keep learning and one of my mentors always said he said man you always if someone has done something a guy like phil handy or whatever you can go there or you can just watch him study him and get there in less time than he did you know what i mean there's shortcuts well there's shortcuts sure but there's like it's just it's that's just the knowledge is compounding exactly so so exactly that's the nature of knowledge exactly yeah right? so so if phil has you know gone through and had a sign with cleveland and toronto and la Boom. and you're like oh well hold on so he's got 20 30 years and he can actually pass that on so exactly. i don't have to go through that 20 30 years yeah, right? yeah like yeah. we in, in finance like you know people might know that the term compound interest yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the same thing <laughs> yeah knowledge is compounding exactly it's and why not why not take advantage of it, you know I think that's what with me. I was never. I'm not scared. I'm not scared to ask people for help. Right. right Even right. when I first started out here, man, I was asking help from everybody in the community. I used to go to everybody's workouts. Yeah. Because that I wanted to learn. Yeah. You know, I, I've been to every. I think I've been to every trainer's workout in, in the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially my first couple of years, and like now, obviously, I sacrifice a lot. Like I, I travel a lot and learn from other people, but um, you have to. Yeah in order to get to that spot where they want to get to because our city doesn't really have that yet no nope. we don't really have that culture of um the game hasn't it's little i think it's still behind here yeah. than in like toronto or yeah. other places even in, in in canada yeah so i try to go to toronto as much as i can learn from people out there and then bring it back and then try to change it yeah that's beautiful. oh yeah that's beautiful so again just to go back to that trajectory so you're saying you got there by constantly asking, mm-hmm. by constantly learning. Always. Always, 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 always. Constantly being in the gym, sacrificing always. that time. Yeah. Which again, ego check. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't want to do that. No. A lot of A lot people of people don't, don't want to work for under someone for free, which yeah. you have to do. Yeah. You got to pay your dues, man. Like the best in anything, pay their dues, man. It don't matter what it is. You got to, that's a, exactly ego check. Yeah. That was for my sure. biggest thing. Talk about a little bit. So, so with these guys like Alex, Drew, Phil. I mean, like, I mean, Phil for one is just like the biggest OG mm-hmm. ever. You know, like just one of the original skill trainers and stuff. Mm-hmm. How did you first come into contact with them? Start working with them mm-hmm. and be, and have the opportunity to be mentored and, and learn from mm-hmm. you know the best in the world. How did you? How did that come to fruition? I, with Phil, still, I haven't really gone out to, to him right. yet. But um, there's been times I had a chance, yeah. especially in Vegas this past uh, summer, but I will. Yeah. But um, with Alex, I've been with the last two years and how did I get, just through social media, man. Right. And uh, and just reaching out. 
Beautiful. You know, a lot of people don't wouldn't want to do that though. Like travel that many miles, not getting paid. You know, it's it's um it's an investment. Yeah. But that that's what it takes, man. Yeah. And yeah. I think, I think that's where a lot of kids go wrong, and a lot of older players go wrong. They don't seek out for information. Yeah. There's everything's there. You know, Gary V said it. That's where I got this from, actually. And oh, really? Gary V, man, he said like, these days you don't need to call people. It's right there. Like you can literally DM anybody in this world. They might yeah. not reply to you. I used to DM like 200 people yeah. a day. Yeah. Like, yo, can I learn from you? Like, yeah. can we get on a call? Like, can we FaceTime and boom, boom. Like yeah. I would be constant. I still yeah. do it, but now it's less, but still. I try to reach out, and yeah. I, I you get denied, but that's it, a, that's it, a part of it. It's all good. Like it, it speaks more about your uh, identity if you don't mm -hmm. try, right? Uh, at the end of the day, the fear of failure is that's a big one. But oh, yeah. with that, with IG, like that's it's the most. I mean, okay, pros and cons, right? Mm -hmm. There's pros and cons to that entire social media, but from a messaging standpoint, from mm -hmm. an access standpoint, like you said, I'm just reiterate anyone. <laughs> is at your fingers anyone it's crazy anyone like we've had people on this podcast where like they're like how did you get so-and-so i'm like mm -hmm. i asked exactly i asked i sent them people a message. don't ask i sent days. them a, you know whatever it may hmm. be and a lot of things a lot of times however there's a give and take with that a lot of players as you know there's a little bit of an entitlement culture that's kind of mm -hmm. rising up now and we've seen this progress over the past couple of years and so anything i'd say to those guys coming up that that are seeking those relationships maybe they want to reach out to you or whatever it may mm -hmm. be come with a value add mm -hmm. yo seed can i rebound mm -hmm. for you can i like can, listen like do you need like i'll show up with water like mm -hmm. what do you need do you need coffee like what do you need i'm, I'm here yeah, like yeah, i yeah. want to be in a position where i can learn and be in the same area mm -hmm. and absorb your energy but in order to do that, I understand you're going to be giving me energy. So how am I going to yeah. replenish that energy? Right. Exactly. Always have a value proposition when you come. Mm -hmm. Right. Because the selfish nature of humans, right? Like it's all it's all me, 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 mm -hmm. me, me. And it's like unless there's unless there's a give and take, unless there's an exchange, mm -hmm. like I like for me, it's like I, I don't I don't want to deal with selfish people. Mm -hmm. I respect ambition. But you need to understand the nature of relationships mm. in order for me to have that exchange with you, right? Exactly, yeah. Which hell is hard yeah. in this in this environment. Right? Yeah, hell right, yeah, right. Hell um, yeah. But yeah, going back to your point, man. That's I think answer your question is yeah, like through through social media. I think uh, I never had social media before I started this. Right. I still don't have personal stuff. I, I don't. I don't really like social media, but um, it's a good way to. It helped me a lot because obviously it put me in contact with all these great people. Sure. And also I have the, I have the power to uh, inspire people. That's the biggest word I have is inspire. Like I use my platform to inspire. Right, right, right. I mean, nothing else. You know, there's no ego or boat. Like I'm not bragging, but it's, it's about inspiring people. Because mm. so many kids looking at my page. So wh why not use it for a good thing? Mm. A lot of these news sources don't use because, you know, we have so much bad media. Mm. We have so much bad social media, but now we can go to a place where it's, we need more platforms where it's like good. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's, so it's nice. I mean, if, if those players that are in your ecosystem and whatnot and, and looking to you for skills mm -hmm. or drills or paradigms and different mindsets or whatnot, what is it that you look for in these I mean, let's let's hit all three layers. I mean, youth, and then and then college and pros for someone that you want to work with and, mm -hmm. and engage with, right? Because you know, 
you don't just work out with anyone, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like you have to be, I don't want to say picky, but selective mm-hmm. about who you work with. So what do you look for in those people that you work with? First thing I look for is obviously their work ethic. Right. But also just if 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 if, if they have good energy. Mm. You know what I mean? So I'm going to spend a lot of time with these people. So I, I really want to make sure that they have good energy so I can be around them. Because most of the guys I train now are like family to me. Of course. I know everything about them and in their in their life what's going on and stuff like that so for me it's more about building like real connections right you know what i mean if i can't build a real connection with you it's going to be tough for me to help you for the next four or five years yeah i mean but you say how do you identify someone's energy <laughs> right that's, that's all intuitive thing, it's all it, a- it's um i guess it's something you can't explain of yeah, course but yeah. also as time progresses you can kind of um I think you can kind of just see their work ethic and what kind of people are they, good people, you know, just simple things, man, saying thank you or like that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? That that goes a long way, your actions, you know what I mean? But um, I think the people I have right now are good, man. I, yeah, I don't, I don't work with too many people because the energy I give is a lot to these, yeah. these people. So um, I, I try to keep it small and then just try to focus on these kids or like even the college or pro guys. I only have a couple. right. Yeah, but there's not too many pro guys in in BC. Right? No, there's, there's really not. And <laughs> they are you're, you're working with them. So, yeah. but within that, there's it's so hard to uh, implement new things with players that have been conditioned. Mm-hmm. Do, do you know what I'm saying? And and within that, like. You coming in as someone that they haven't worked with before mm-hmm. and starting to work with them, like you're now dealing with ingrained, you know, habitual muscle memory. You're dealing with ingrained habits. You're dealing mm-hmm. with ingrained, you know, literally that person has already figured out a way mm-hmm. to live life that works for them. And you're coming in and introducing change. Mm-hmm. So what's your process and like actually being effective with these college or pro guy, pro guys? Does it differ from how you're, you know, approaching, you know, someone in, in high school? Yeah, for sure. It's it's weird, man. I was actually, I was talking about this yesterday. So like, some players are very. It's crazy, like NBA guys. Right. People that work with NBA guys, they're so open. Right. It seems like they never played the game because they're so open to learn new things, take advice. Some college guys, you give them advice and they think they know everything. That's where it stops, right there. Like, damn, how am I supposed to teach this guy? Right. I can't. I can't do anything with this guy. Then you gotta leave him alone. Really, it gets tough. Because if you if you go to two three workouts and they're like, man, like you can just tell right away. Yeah, like I can be like, I watched film on you, man, for the last two weeks, and that's what I noticed. And like you can tell in their face, like you know what I mean, like we don't want to do this. Yeah, I'm good. That defensive mentality. Yeah, but when you work with NBA guys, even with kids you can do anything right because kids are just kids yeah, yeah they have no clue what's going on yeah, yeah you know yeah, what i mean yeah yeah you can literally blank teach them slate the, yeah exactly and that's why they're important too because you got to teach them the right things of course nba guys are, or even pro guys in general there it seems to me for my like um just working with some guys and being around is it, they're more open to learning right 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 right. they're right, curious right I, I remember watching the kobe thing you know curiosity you have to be curious. Yeah. You know, you have to be able to take criticism, learn from others. Yeah. And I think a lot of kids think they know it all now. In this in this era, it's, it's like a know-it-all culture. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. 
I've noticed that so much, man, especially with that grade 11, 12, and then the first year university players. Right. Man, a lot of them, they think they know it all. Right. That's what stops them from succeeding. It's kind of, it's it's toxic in that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's an egoic thing as well, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's the genesis for this entire platform from this entire mm-hmm. podcast is like, and, and we had discussions early on about, should it just be basketball focused? And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, no, no. <laughs> like, 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 should it just be athlete focused? Like, no, no, no. Like, yeah. you can literally learn from anyone, anyone in any profession. Like, and if you study them, and that's going back to the late, great Kobe um, was, you know, maybe one of the greatest lessons that man taught us, you know, like mm-hmm. whether it was just like, you know, there's stories of him finding a way to talk to Oprah and just grill Oprah mm-hmm. and, and go deep into questions. And oh, what can a basketball player learn from Oprah or, mm-hmm. or, you know, people at Pixar or people at Apple or any great company anywhere that was doing anything that was truly, truly world class. Mm-hmm. That man was like, I need to talk to that person. I need to read that person's books. I need to make my notes and I need to understand what's tangible to my life. And I need mm-hmm. to dig deep because humans are such gifts knowledge is the biggest gift mm-hmm. and and what do people love to do this is inherent about humans is the only reason why podcasts work mm-hmm. is because humans want to share mm-hmm. it's in our dna to share and if i come to you i'm like see listen i want to learn about your process i want to learn about how you evaluate players i want to mm-hmm. learn about your mentality and what's the, like you're going to come back yeah i want to i want to speak about that that's exactly, beautiful right yeah, yeah. and so that's one of the greatest lessons and something that you know, I I feel it's a lesson that hasn't been fully learned. Mm-hmm. If I'm being honest with you, because you said earlier it's a know-it-all culture, mm-hmm. and that hurts my heart because, mm-hmm. like, we speak about Kobe and and um and and his passing. It's that how do you honor that man's legacy mm-hmm. for what he has done? Uh, to me, it comes down to one, maybe two things in terms of yes, we can we can honor and pay our respects vocally. We mm-hmm. can honor and pay our respects, you know, in solitude. Um, but how I think we should really pay our respects is understanding and implementing that man's methodology and mentality that he gave to the world mm-hmm. because that's his legacy. Mm-hmm. His legacy is being passionately curious, is that undeniable work ethic, is mm-hmm. that is that understanding, you know, using that energy, fear, anxiety for good, mm-hmm. all these types of things. And it's like, man, right after he passed, I was, I was in the gym when Kevin Wong called me, our producer called me. Mm-hmm and told me the news and my first thought was looking around in the gym (laughs) and seeing all these people Mm -hmm. not work hard and i'm like how are you gonna not work hard Mm -hmm. in this situation i don't even care like and they they might not even known or whatever but i'm just like looking around in the world i'm like if you how are you gonna disrespect that Mm -hmm. and and this is this is ridiculous this is a ridiculous like i'm i'm always too drastic with this but it's like how are you gonna go into a gym goof off for an hour and a half two hours or even give 75 percent and call it a workout after that man's passing how are you gonna do that Mm -hmm. that's fact yeah yeah. you want to honor someone yeah honor them exactly but but we don't understand honor as a culture either i feel no and that's a problem too and that's a big part of your teachings Mm -hmm. i find Mm -hmm. i find because as much as you say, okay, well, how do you interact with people in the gym? You know, how do you come? Do you come and prepare? Do you respect the environment? Mm-hmm. How, like, how do you think about your life holistically? How do you do? You, do you care about yourself? Like, all this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. That all that all comes down to honoring and respecting your environment, exactly. honor and honor respect the game. Exactly. That's something I feel is missing in these kids. Yeah, big time. That's facts. Hell yeah. So that so that's like, you know, 
the the world is still a little bit shook by that and whatnot. I don't know if you're a Kobe fan growing up or yeah, or, yeah. or how that affected you, but I mean, I know that you had some some indirect ties and you had met uh, Kobe and and mm-hmm. you've had some some relationships and that, that that you spent some time down at the academy and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, what's been your interaction with that event and and his passing? Yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough, especially. Yeah, I grew up watching Kobe a lot, man, and uh, you know it's it's crazy. Like when when you're younger, he got you. He got me into the game, right? But as older I got, I think it transitioned to yeah. Like I started looking into other things of Kobe, like his mindset and and um, like when I read Phil's book, especially and right. I, Eleven I, Rings. Yeah, I read that, yeah. and then um, yeah. it talks about like like meditation and like Zen and stuff, and then right. how he did it with Kobe. Before I met him, I was like, man, if I ever get to meet him, right, I'm gonna ask him about that. Like that's, my, that's that was my bucket list. I was like, damn, basketball stuff you can always ask. Right, you can always see him. He has so many interviews of basketball. He doesn't really talk about meditation much. Right. So that was one of the things when I, uh, I want to ask. So, so what'd you ask him? What'd you ask him? Man, what was I, that conversation like? It was crazy. You want to know the story behind Let's it? Let's go. Yeah. So like, it was crazy. Uh, Alex is um. So I'll just, I'll, I'll go with like short Please. story. No, listen, man, it's a podcast we got all the time in the world. Let's go. I, I want to hear these things. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, like my first summer when I was with Alex. Right. We were just uh, man, this is a weekend. And he's so like, Alex is through pure sweat. You're working no, down. So there. Alex, or what? Uh, that year he might have been. Now he's not with pure sweat no okay, more. Okay. He's just by himself. But um, yeah, we were just grinding and so Alex is a uh, f- girlfriend or fiance. Okay. Now I think and then um. Gigi yeah, yeah, yeah. was a big fan of her. Wow. And uh, so Kobe messaged uh, Nafisa and he's like, man, I think he's like, come out for a, you guys want to come out? Mm. And Alex messaged me, man. He's like, he's like, you want to go, we're going to go work out in front of Kobe. I'm like, Kobe? <laughs> what? All right, man, let's go. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then yeah, so, man, so, we went. So where are you? Where are you? Where is this? We were, we were in L.A. Okay, L.A. Yeah, uh, his he's got a. So no, we 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 drove to like Newport. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um. Yeah, so when we got there, man, it's like I'm playing defense. So we're, we're working out in front of the team, the Mamba. Okay. The the girls. Right. So we're working out, and I, obviously I'm interning, man. I'm grinding. Yeah. I'm playing defense on Nafisa, right? And like, she's getting buckets on me. <laughs> and Kobe's just looking, man. He's like. <laughs> You know what I mean? He's like, damn. Right. And then uh, after the word, he's like, man. He's like, don't worry. He's like, he taps my shoulder. He's like, don't worry, man. He's like, she's tough to guard. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy, man. That, it, was, it was crazy, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, yeah, man, we, a, after that, we just watched the team practice a little bit. And then, um, and then I, yeah, like after that happened, then I got a chance to ask him after everybody was done. Right. Like, man, like, what do you think about meditation and stuff? Right. And then he's like, man, it's, he's like, it's very important. He's like, um, he's he's like, he's like, this is like one of the. He's like, you'll be you'll be stupid not to do it. Right. He's like, all, all the greats do it. You know what I mean? And just asking him that, and being in front of him, that that was on my bucket list for life. You know what I mean? For sure. Obviously, Alex asked him some questions there too, and like about basketball and stuff. So I, that was already done. But I wanted to ask him about meditation. That was my biggest thing. Right. Going into, I didn't know I was gonna meet the guy, but for sure. But um. Yeah, man, it was it was crazy. It was actually that was a crazy experience, actually, man. So, so what? 
speak to that man's presence a little bit. What was it like? You know, again, that's one of there's, I mean, you're, 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 that's a global icon, mm-hmm. you know, and that's one of those people where the room feels different. Well, mm-hmm. Like, what was that experience like in terms of, you know, did you anything, did you pick up anything from the way he moved or the way he interacted or how he coached or how he watched or anything of that nature? He's, it's, it's interesting, man. Like, you would think a guy like that would be very uh, egotistical. Right. But he listens and he and he talks to you like you're you're a regular person. When I asked him that question, it, it didn't feel like he was just like, "Well, it's good." Yeah, like he went. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, it's, it helped. But he was actually went into like, you know, like you know, like it's really like man, like all the greats are doing it. Like I do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. in the mornings and like he was going into depth, uh, and like it made you feel like there's no ego. Like he, he was just being a human. Yeah, he treated everybody the same. That's what it felt like. And that's that's at that level. With that kind of power he has, that's crazy to me, man. Yeah. I, that's when I was like, man, I, I, there's no way people should be treating people above, like you're above someone. Right. You know what I mean? And that comes back to his curiosity. He was so curious. Right. And he was able to learn from anybody. That was his biggest thing. But yeah, his presence was, a, obviously when you are when you first enter the room, you're like, holy man, like, it's Kobe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, first, yeah. Like, holy, what's, what's going on here? You know what I mean? <laughs> but, um, when you start talking to him, he's man. He he seems like a regular person. Yeah, he just obviously has crazy amount of knowledge. You can already tell when he started talking about the game. But um, the way the way he approaches you, very humble. Right, right. Very humble. It's actually crazy. Crazy. Yeah. yeah, that that. It's funny how the um. The best always have a way about them, right? Like they mm-hmm. always have a nature to them, and and a lot of the same sentiments are are equal or are apparent as well. Another thing I notice with those type of people is that they have a way of like laughter about mm-hmm. them. You know, like they have a way of joy mm-hmm. that like I just don't like. I I know like a lot of up and coming like entrepreneurs and and, and startup and, and business and, and technology and stuff, and a lot of them are like very like. Silicon Valley, like go 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 go, and mm-hmm. like very intense and stuff, and that's an that's a mentality I adopted as well earlier. But you know, when you get to those upper levels, it's like these people are just they're just having so much fun. Mm-hmm. Like this guy is just completely here and completely enjoying like his experience of talking mm-hmm. to you or coaching his girls or watching a workout or whatever. Like, and that that is what probably the most admirable trait mm-hmm. to me because it's like you have all the power in the world. You could do anything. You could go anywhere. You could talk to anyone, but you're here. Mm-hmm. And that's not by coincidence because I know that person understands the value of their time. Mm-hmm. And that is the biggest gift, right? Like, and I always talk to whenever, you know, you know, thank you for coming and sharing your time. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, that is it. That's, your, that's our non-renewable resource. Mm-hmm. We don't get that back. Right? Exactly. And so for that, to, to have that interaction and go to those, those people, and it speaks a lot about also the guys that even that put you in that gym. Mm-hmm. To put you in that gym mm-hmm. and and be like, yeah, I'm gonna share my time, my energy with this person. That is the mm-hmm. biggest. That's why you always uh, a good judge of character is the people in which you hang around and mm-hmm. the people which give you give your energy to and the people in which give their energy back to you. Right? Oh yeah. So so that's a big part of it too. Um, within all that. What's so? What's been your experience down uh, in the U.S.? You obviously, you've been working with some 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 high caliber guys, mm-hmm. um, Trey, Cobe, or, or you know whoever you're, whatever, whatever. But what's been your experience overall with that, and why have you continued to come back here to uh, Vancouver when a lot of guys 
probably just would have, mm-hmm. you know, got a house down in LA and, and yeah, kept yeah, working yeah. out down there or, or Las Vegas or whatever it is. Hell yeah. I think it's more for me, I, I, being from here, I right. really want to grow the game here. Right. Especially in my, in, in Surrey, especially like there's so many kids playing now. And um, I just feel like if I can bring back the knowledge from all these guys and like show these kids like what it takes. Right. Because I didn't have that. I remember when I was playing man out here and it was crazy. Like, yeah, you're the best player in the city or even in your school or whatever. You think you're the man. But when I went to junior college, man, like my first year, I averaged like three points. Right, right, right. And you're playing against way more athletic guys and you're playing against guys. It shocks you. Right. Obviously back then we didn't, AU wasn't that big yet. The circuit was just getting started and stuff like that, the AU culture. But um, people don't realize what it takes. Yeah. That's the biggest thing, man. We're not aware of what's across the border. We're not aware of the work ethic. We're not aware of that mentality, that mm-hmm. dog mentality, man. Dude. Mm-hmm. Like You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I feel like when I go down there, I bring back a lot of knowledge, what it takes to even... You know, maybe we'll have an NBA guy one time. Right. We haven't had one in a long time, but maybe we will one day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe I, I can show a person from here what it takes to get to the NBA. Yeah. I've been around it now. Yeah. You know, I don't think a lot of people have from here and they don't know what it takes. Yeah, of course. Like the what the process is, the NBA pre-draft process and um, just everything, man. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I think that's the biggest thing. And obviously, I think just being here and like people seeing it is it's nice man it's like a kid from here can go out there and then come back you know what i mean like because at the end of the day i want to inspire my city you know right. going somewhere else is not the same right. it's kind of like what you know like going back like nipsey and stuff like that man staying in your community and especially being an indo-canadian kid like a lot of people in my city doing in gangs right it's right, crazy right, man right, like right. there's a lot of gang violence going on so being a kid doing something different and doing positive things, right? You can inspire a lot of youth. I think that's my biggest thing, man. Mm. Uh, moving forward, especially. That's well, why I haven't really relocated, right? Yeah, you know, I want to stay home and, and really inspire people in my community. Who are some of the role models? Like you talk about Indo Canadians, mm-hmm. like I, I don't like I don't know who these kids look up to. Who do these yeah. kids look up to? It's 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 crazy, man. It's um. What are the influences? Like I don't I, I don't know. So I'm not there, tuned in. D- there's not many, man. Right. Especially locally, right? Right. So it's um. That's why I want to be that change. You know what I mean? Because it's not too many role models. Right. They look up to, the wrong people. You know what I mean? Right. And they get stuck in those systems. And that's why for me, man. Like like we started in the beginning. Like, it's bigger than basketball because. A lot of these kids, if I can bring these kids in to work with me, yeah. it's it goes deeper than basketball. I can become their role model. Yeah. And um, Isaiah, I, someone else probably said this, but I got this from Isaiah Thomas. He said that man, if if all you're remembered for is a is a is a great basketball player, for me right now is if I'm all I'm remembered for is a great trainer. Yeah. I've done a bad job with the rest of my life. For sure. Like that, it don't mean nothing. For sure. So for me to be that role model is so important, man. And that's a, a key vessel, thing I haven't man. I haven't left to see. That's the biggest reason, I think. Right, right, right. Yeah. And they don't have no role models right now. That's the scary part. Yeah. That's why they're going into those wrong things. Right. Yeah. I mean, 
the the human like growth experience as a as a as a young person is like it's very hard mm. i don't think we give that credit enough like it's really hard mm. to be a young person like especially today like it's crazy yeah. like whether it's social media or whether it's just the environment out there mm. or whether it's you know just the little things like in terms of if if your if your household is together if your if your school is together mm-hmm. like a lot of these values aren't being communicated properly mm-hmm. because there aren't the right communicators there aren't the right leaders there aren't the right the infrastructure isn't in place for 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 youth to be successful right mm-hmm. and like it breaks my fucking heart you mm-hmm. know because you see these kids like you know if you're it's one thing if you're an adult and you make choices because ultimately life is just about choices. And and so mm-hmm. if you're making, if you continually make wrong choices over a long period of time, that's a different situation than if you are just placed in an environment mm-hmm. by luck, by chance, um, and grow up in that environment, you don't have the opportunity mm-hmm. to make choices mm-hmm. to get yourself out of that situation. And that is the most heartbreaking thing, mm-hmm. to not have the opportunity for success. Exactly, man, that's, that's key. You don't even get a chance. Hell yeah. You don't even get a chance, which, which, which then, you know, basketball can become a vessel for you to get it. I mean, I mean, for me personally, like I, I went into foster care because I could play basketball. Mm. Like that was the only reason I went in. Like I needed a place to live Mm. in a city where there was a good basketball team and I needed a home and I had a really bad home situation. So there was a, an exchange there. Right. So it's just like, without that, without the vessel of that, Mm -hmm. I don't happen. Like mm-hmm. I'm done, right? And and that's the case for like millions. A lot of people, yeah. Millions, like so many. Yeah. Uh, and, and just here in, in BC is one thing. And I always say like we 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 also have this thing where everyone's you know like I want to change the world. I want to change yeah, the world. I want to yeah, change yeah. the world. And that's beautiful. But like let's think about for instance if Mozart thought I want to change the world. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. then you wouldn't actually have a mm-hmm. beautiful composer and yeah, you wouldn't yeah. have the art and the culture he infected, which in turn changed the world. world yeah. Right. So see if you're like, I want to change the world, I want to mm-hmm. change the world without the vessel of that, without the vessel of basketball. It's like what w- what the world actually needs is for you to be an amazing trainer and mm-hmm. an amazing mentor. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, I think a lot of times people undermine that. Mm. Like what the world actually needs young Jimmy is for young Jimmy to become the most disciplined and honest oh, and yeah. trustworthy player. That's what the world needs exactly. right now. And you worry about that other shit later. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> right? <yeah. coughs> Excuse me. I think that's that's important, man. I think it's everything. Hell yeah. I think, I, I don't think, I don't, I think it's the most important thing. I think, I think it's become more about exploitation though. Yeah, the business of basketball. Yeah, yeah. So, so what is that like from your perspective? I mean, you're there's the trainer ecosystem, there's the college ecosystem, there's the AAU circuit ecosystem. Mm. There's now you know the pro ball and, mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff. Like basketball is an entertaining sport. It's a mm. beautiful game, and damn, is it profitable? Mm. So it's like, how do you see that? What is the current ecosystem of that? What do you, like? What are some of the flaws you see within that? And uh, and and how do you change it? Because there's a lot of exploitation going on. Yeah. I think it's become more of a... I think a lot of a lot of people lie to kids, you know? Right. At every level, it happens. But um, In what sense? In what sense? Just in a sense of telling them they're, they're good when they're not, actually. Right. Stuff like that. Like, like, I think people just say they can... They hype them up more than they should be, like players. Right. Then you got to come down to tell them the truth. You know, if a kid comes to me and wants to train, I'll tell his dad, like, man, he's like a couple years behind, man. 
next year he probably will not make the like yeah. high school team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some people get hit by that hard, but that's the truth. Most people would be like, hey, man, your son will probably make the team next year. If he trains with me five times a week, yeah, he still probably won't make the team. <laughs> but what does it do? It brings in money. Yeah. But I think that's what it's become now. Can't blame people, though, either because they're feeding their families with that stuff. But at the same time, it has to be a balance of, <clears throat> I think for me, it's different maybe because I'm not really, I have so many different avenues. Right. I work in like, but um, yeah, man, the basketball culture here is is, is different. It's more um, it's exploitation, meaning like, it's more like about it becomes more about money. Right. It's not less is more. I believe in less is more. Right. You know what I mean? Meaning like, yeah, I hold I hold a camp. How many kids do I want to camp? How many I can actually teach? Right. How much money I can bring in, man. If I really want, I can bring 50, 60 kids. Yeah. The kids ain't learning nothing. Yeah. 15 kids, three coaches, yeah, they're learning something. I can know, I know everything that person, what's wrong with them right then. Right. In, in a span of three days, I can tell you, boom. I can I can message you and be like, yo, this is what you need to fix. Right. 50, 60 kids, Not I remember nothing. 400 kids? 400, like these, you know Some what of I mean? these camps are crazy. But like that's, that's where we're going wrong. <coughs> And also, like, a lot of these younger kids, they're playing high school and then they're playing club during the season. Right, right. That don't make sense to me either. Right. Because when is your when are you developing? Like, when are you actually working on things? Skill work. Skill work. Yeah. You know, obviously, you want to get into it, but, like, when are you working on reads? Right. Learning the game. Because that's, in Europe, that's their main focus. Absolutely. This is such a night and day between Europe and here. Right. And that's the biggest thing. Right. They're actually developing. We're more about bringing in profit. Yeah. yeah. Which is sad, man. Creating games. They're, and how are we going to change it? I don't have an answer, man. I'm trying. Right. But it's hard. Right. That's the hardest thing, man. The culture has become, like you said, there's so many kids that are playing. Mm. As an entrepreneur and businessman, what do you... If the demand's high, what do you do? Right, you meet the demand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So why not do it? Right. You that's what I mean. You can't blame them because they probably haven't been taught. Right. And that comes down to character and all this stuff, you know? But um, yeah, if the demand's high, you're going to do it. You're going to hold more tournaments. You're going to have more club teams. You're going to try to bring in more club players. <clears throat> it's hurting the game. Yeah. But it's bringing in money. Yeah. That's where the... That's where the Stress comes in, man. Like, what do you do? Right. Can't do anything because it keeps getting bigger now. Right. There's more clubs popping up. There's more. It's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. So the way I approach that is that <laughs> here's a fact of nature, a fact of humans. Like humans are motivated by the motivation to survive, mm -hmm. which turns into the motivation for money, which turns into greed for capital accumulation. Okay. Mm. I'm not going to try to change that mm -hmm. mentality. Certain people are more self-actualized and more aware and more mindful than others and mm -hmm. bless them. That's amazing. Thank you for that, right? However, there's still a large percentage of humans that money is the main motivator. Mm -hmm. Well, if money is the main motivator, let me speak your language. Mm -hmm. Meaning like, how do we make the right thing mm -hmm. the profitable thing? Mm -hmm. So how do we encourage, and I, I, don't have a, I don't have the answer to yeah. this, but like, how do we encourage 
you know, going in and holding camps or small group sessions where you have a one to five coach to player ratio. Exactly. Yeah. How do you encourage that behavior from a coach standpoint, mm-hmm. from a business standpoint? Like, I don't know if that is like, how do we encourage mentorship? Yeah. How do we encourage people coming in and spending extra time? Like, I, like trainers don't do film sessions with kids. No. How do you not do a film session with a kid? Which is, which is crazy. That's yeah. insane. And, and um, <laughs> so I think some do actually out here. Like right. I, I've heard about it. Like some camps and stuff, they do it, right? But um, but there's also there's also a large percentage that does no, not, no, right? And that, that it hurts, you know. Like it's tough, man. That's you a said fundamental. Right, yeah, you said it was right though. Hell Appreciate yeah. you, man. So it's just like within that, again, how you encourage that behavior. So let me go back to you. What's your process with a player? And you can get technical here, like. What's your process with a player and a player evaluation? Or maybe, for instance, you're working with a college guy. It's your mm-hmm. first. It's your first. Uh, your first workout. Your first interaction. How do you go about evaluating that player from a mentality standpoint, mm-hmm. uh, and as well from a basketball skill standpoint for mm-hmm. the players listening? Yeah, man. Um, with the younger players, it's more about first. I want to see how committed you are. Right. I want to see if I tell kids, man, come to me once a week. That's it. Cause I, it's like it's like learning math. Teacher gives you formula. What do you do? Boom! Throughout the week, apply it yourself. Yeah. If I have to be there all the time, for me it would be good economically. Yeah. Come six times a week, man. Yeah, great. I mean, great, <laughs> great man. Yeah. T- talk to. Let me talk to your dad. Yeah. Six times a week, I got you. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. how much you're paying. No, I tell them, man, come once a week to me. I'll give you the tools. You have me twenty four seven on social media. I'll, I'll, I'll reply back to you. Give you drills, and you you do it yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to teach these kids if they don't want it. Sometimes I feel like I want it more than these kids. Yeah. Like if a player does bad, I, w- I went to one of my I trained this kid and I went to their game yesterday and they're playing bad man. I went home and I was like, I, I was I was like sad. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, holy man! Like I felt like I played bad. <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? That's the investment though, but. College players a little different for me. I think my college process is it becomes more. Even some of my high school kids that I, I I invest a lot of my time in, we become very strategic in how we plan for summers and and um like a kid like like Rav would be very one of the best kids probably in province. Like we'll be very in detail about where you need to get better at. So if 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 you're shooting lower from three point. Then how do we get it up? What what your shot mechanics? We'll go through film and be like, you're not getting energy from your hips or whatever it is. Right. But that becomes more detailed, mm. and then we start adding things to their game, right. and that it becomes so specialized. Like last this last summer was passing was big, out of pick and rolls and out of um, doubles stuff like that. Like getting less turnovers, better sister turnover ratio, mm. which has been good this year. And guys like college guys. It's, it's from getting them from, if they shot 30% from three, how do I get them to 35, right. 38%? Yeah. It has to be small details like balance on your shot, not holding your follow through, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Or um, for my bigs, like setting good screens, diving hard, hitting on the hooks, like so many small things, but it's, it's to increase their percentages, especially in college. Right. In college, it's about how do I make you a better player? Because results matter, man. For sure. That's my biggest thing. When people say, what I say to players is, especially in this training business, the only answer is results. Right. If you're not getting your players' results, you're not doing a good job. Yeah, change it up. Find a solution. And, I, and that's the thing. I want to, like, that That should be your main thing. 
people grind so hard in the summer and then they come back and you never hear about their players. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. The best trainers in the world I've noticed, results. That's all they care for. And that's been my biggest thing, man. And I can probably say most of my guys I've trained, percentages have gone up. Mm. And when they don't, obviously I feel miserable because I feel like I'm, I'm to blame. Right, right, right. And you got to have that. Account- you have to. Yeah. I think you have to have accountability, man. Then you got to go back and be like, shit, I got to get back to, back to work. Right. But that's that's a process. I think with the younger kids, it's more about holding them accountable. With the college kids, I have no problem. I know they're going to work hard. They chose to play university. They chose to go pro. That's their choice. Yeah. You know what I mean? At a young age, you find out if that's, if, if they really want it. Yeah. If it was your choice or exactly. their choice or, the or parents their parents' choice. choice. Yeah. Because if they're going to do it themselves, you know, yep, I'll invest in this kid. No matter about no money. You can come every morning if he wants. That's fine. As long as he's willing to work. Right. But there's so few of those kids, man. Yeah. It's unbelievable, actually. The kids that have that mindset right now, it's few, man. It's very few. I remember really, I was talking to someone on, on my the team I'm coaching at the university, and it's just we're talking about it, man. It's a different culture right now. Yeah. yeah. The kids don't want to grind as hard. Right, they think, right, and they think they need a trainer all the time. Nah, we didn't have trainers. Nah. Nah. Trainers are supposed to be there to guide you and and fix small things and refine, refine or like, yeah. or like small details. Yeah, guide you know or I mean? push direction or push no, direction. notice things that you can't necessarily notice mm-hmm. hey listen when you're coming off the screen to the left side like you're or even like you're just understanding the small mechanics of how you're mm-hmm. moving or understanding well listen you're constantly in this game situation you're not seeing these reads here's those reads mm-hmm. well the reason why you're not seeing them maybe you do see them but you, you actually can't do the movement mm. so let me show you what a hook pass looks like, like exactly let me show you these angles and whatnot right oh, yeah. that's what it's for it's that's not what it like comes down to if you're coming like like i always laugh like kids like Hey, coach, like, <clears throat> I can't dribble with my left hand. My coach dribble with your left hand. Exactly, like, like, man. You don't need somebody oh. for that. You don't need, like, you know, like, I can't make my left hand layups. It's like, it's crazy. go practice your left hand yeah. layups, right? If you Hell don't yeah. know the footwork for a left hand layup, yeah. I can't, like, I'll show you, but, you know. Oh, yeah. So th- those things are so basic when it comes to refinements and, like, use the resources at your fingertips. Yeah, I, I think the game's so simple, man. I, I think we try to overcomplify All it. the time. But um, I think it's so simple, man. Right. I, just learning the game of basketball is, is important. A lot of kids find it boring. Yeah. So th- I noticed this too. My stuff's not entertaining at all. It's, it's, it's very, they need it. But obviously young kids want something like two balls and then they run around and like cones and boom. <laughs> you know what I mean? My stuff's very like, I te- I'll go through like pin down screens or like ball screen stuff. And like, they're like, holy. Yeah. A lot of kids don't come back, man. Cause they're like, man, I want something fun. A lot of kids don't, man. Um, I think within that, like, you you have to be passionately curious for the game. Yeah, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Hell yeah, you gotta be passionately curious for the game. Hell yeah. Um, so so within that, all where where are you now? You're coaching multiple levels of basketball. What what are you doing now? It's 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 February 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, where's your head at? What are you doing? Um, and and where are you actually trying to go now? Yeah, man. Um, all my. All my coaching is coming. It was new this year for me being a head coach of any team. Right. I'm using the skills field. I've been assistant coach for a couple <coughs> years for a university, but um, but um, yeah, man, I'm just I'm taking it day by day, man. Right. I have no uh, I have no I have obviously have goals I want to reach, but um, I'm just going day by day and just trying to work every day to become better. Mm. And when opportunity rises, man, I'm always ready. So yeah, man, I'm just always tr- trying to go travel places and. 
and yeah. um, connect, build relationships, and just learn the game For from sure. people that are in higher power, uh, higher position than me. Beautiful. I think that's my steps, man. I've never really, <clears throat> I have goals, but I'm not really. I'm more like relaxed right. now than I ever been. I think right. that's beautiful. Yeah, at peace, you might say. Hell yeah, at yeah. peace. Yeah, beautiful. I'm at peace with just like getting better. Yeah. yeah, that's nice. At peace with the process. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Man. Hell yeah, hell yeah. So so if I'm a player uh, and I want to reach out, if I'm a coach, if I want to reach out, if I'm whoever and I want to reach out, uh, where's the best place to do it? Where do you want to direct people? Man, probably my, my IG. Beautiful. Probably my IG. Beautiful. That's at? At, at 3C at Training. 3C yeah. Training. Beautiful. We'll make sure to link that in the show notes for sure. No worries, man. Um. So so that's beautiful. And in, in, in closing, I'll ask if there's one book, one one video one podcast one whatever that has been fundamental to your thinking now here in, in 2020 what has that been and, and 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 why and this could be across all mediums or mm. whatever medium i think uh eckhart tolle man the, wow. pow- the power of really now. though yeah, yeah wow yeah. just that like when you ask me like <clears throat> like February, February. What do you, what do you, what are your goals and stuff? I think living in the now is important. Beautiful. So I think Eckhart Tolle, Power Now, or any of his books, man. I read all. I, I I read them every year. Wow. So that that's been the biggest thing, Oof. man. I think just staying in the moment. Oof. Hell yeah. Oof. That's a book. Yeah. <laughs> that's it's a, a legendary book. Yeah, man. that's crazy. I remember the first time I picked that one up, maybe two years ago now. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah yeah fundamentally changing perspective oh hell yeah fundamentally changing the way you interact with pretty much everything in your life and you don't if you don't know what we're talking about uh go search it go youtube Mm -hmm. it go get it on amazon or or whatever it may be but uh he's 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 local in vancouver did you know that he's in vancouver you need to get him on here Uh, you know what i'm gonna do that i'm I'm gonna reach out i'll send him him a dm send him an email or whatever i'm sure we know someone who knows someone we've had a bunch of authors on so so that's beautiful so See if there's one thing that's core to your message and that is core to and consistent throughout your interactions with all of your players and your coaches. What is what is your core messaging as a trainer, as a human? I think being having clarity within, knowing why you do what you do. Your why should be your main thing. I think once you know your why and your purpose, you can do whatever you want in life. That's the biggest thing. But if you don't know your why, you're probably living for someone else. You're mm-hmm. not living your own life. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest message, man. Find your purpose, find what you love, <clears throat> and try to do as much as you can. Even if the, you know, it's like you might not make a lot of money first, but your purpose matters more than any material thing, any anything from the outside, man. Beautiful. That's the biggest thing. Beautiful, man. Hell yeah. I love it, man. Well, thank you for coming and sharing your message. Always, uh, we'll man. link everything that, you know, everything referenced throughout the conversation, and, and we'll make sure to, yeah, to link the power of now because that's a big oh, one man. too. have to. And uh, we'll put that all in the show notes, man. Thank you for your time. No thank worries, you for man. coming out, and we'll get home safe. And uh, and uh, I look forward to seeing you on the court. I look forward to seeing your journey and how oh, you're yeah. thinking. And, and it's just fun, man. I'm just a fan of your progression, and I'm going to just continue to be a fan of your progression and how you do things. So thank you for, for doing that and Hell being yeah. that, that way in the world and i'm just grateful for the uh, experience of, of watching you and interacting so thank you for that oh yeah appreciate it man beautiful thank you thank you guys for tuning into that uh harp is a, is a beautiful human and i was just i was excited to have him you know come in and represent the basketball community uh very excited for him to be a role model and uh and 
personally, I just, I got a lot from that conversation. For me, it's all about how he continually goes back to meditation, mindfulness, and actually the practical benefits for that around athletes, how he's practically building leadership uh, in, in players and how he's actually interacting, how he's reading the emotional intelligence around players. I notice a lot of that stuff. Like that stuff is very, very important. How a player is lacing up his shoes, how someone, their presence in a room, do they introduce themselves to people, different things like that how they hold themselves. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. Um, so thank you for coming on, Harp. I really do appreciate it. Now, also, uh, we want to add this little thing, a, a weekly shout out, uh, just a little weekly bump to, to someone in our community that's doing something epic, non-paid, non-promotional, just like really solely uh, from me, from the team itself hired. And we want to shout it out with our own team. So you see me all the time. What you don't see um, is our guys behind the scene, whether that's our producer and director, Kevin Wong, who's been going at this for a long time, uh, whether that's, uh, you know, Raiden and Rhea on the back end from the marketing and the copy doing the show notes structuring the back end uh, a big shout out to a previous guest uh julian the shooter who actually you know helped us do with the whole new website we're doing so our community is so so strong and you guys make this what it is make it possible this amazing podcast i really think we're at the forefront of the industry and it doesn't happen with you guys and i appreciate it and i'll tell you that privately and i'll tell you it publicly too uh, so thank you guys for that um, and i also want to thank you the listener because january is our biggest month uh, we've had the most listens and we've had we see continued growth every month um, and just a reminder to you if you you know want to keep continuing to see our stuff just make sure you hit that subscribe button because it will come to your attention. Whether you want to engage with it or not, it will still come to your attention. So thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate you and uh, see you soon.